0: Either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open-source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at CrowdSec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service. Accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com.
1: And you're starting with mute? Is that how you're going to start a stream, the live streaming right there?
2: <laughs> Let's start the live stream. Muted. That's always a good that, way.
1: That's, that's what I love about the live. You Is know? that a, a, a
2: flat tire on the, on the road to Vegas? Is that what we've just experienced? <laughs> we made it all the way there and then we got the flat
1: tire. I think it makes it more interesting. You know, it's real. It's not uh, it's no script. Know? It's not edited. We're just here and uh, you know, we're excited. And uh, what what a better way to start, Sean?
2: I know such a cool guest to have on uh, to kick off our our streaming activities uh, from Hacker Summer Camp. Uh, Miko
3: Hypenen, thanks for being on. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here, reporting live from Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> live live from That's all the, the action.
2: Yes, <laughs> that and is the not,
1: spirit. Thing.
3: Not not
2: as uh, not as warm this time around. You said uh, as previous. Yeah.
3: That's right. I don't know what it's in Fahrenheit, but in Celsius, it's 38. Yesterday, when I landed, I was flying in via London. One of the Brits told me that, you know, we had the same this summer in UK. It's not too bad. (laughs) That's right.
2: Yeah, the UK has kind of been melting. All the whole of Europe, Mm -hmm. I think, has kind of had a warm spell. Uh, Mm -hmm. Probably a little more humid there than in, in Vegas, so I would imagine. Yeah. So anyway, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about all the fun things going on, uh, your experience th- thus far, even though it's uh, early, early times there for you. And uh, I know you have a new book out, and mm-hmm. you're you're doing a book signing. So let's get into it. There may be one or two people who don't know who Miko is. So just a quick, <laughs> a quick word about what you're up to, uh, uh, Miko. What's going on?
3: Well, actually, this is a good time to speak about what I'm doing because I've changed the company where where I work at, which is unusual for me. This is my year number 31 working in Infosec. I joined a small startup company in 1991. Throughout the years, that same company has changed names and changed names again and split into different companies. But effectively, I'm still working at the same place where I started 31 years ago. The company is called nowadays WithSecure. And, and there also is a company called F-Secure, which used to be my previous employer because F-Secure split into business side and consumer side. And I'm continuing my career on the B2B side, which is called WithSecure.
2: Nice one. And uh, same, same kind of role or what, what's going on? What, what are you working on?
3: My role for the last decade has been to brief our customers and clients on who we are fighting. Like, where are the attacks coming from? What are the organized crime gangs doing? What, what, what motivates them right now? How, how are they changing their operations? And regrettably, more and more, what governments are doing, what's happening with espionage, sabotage, and cyber war. I do briefings to our clients and customers and prospects, and then I go to events and do talks. And yes, for the last two years, I've been working... On a book which came out last week. I'm really happy to have there it out. It. Oh, it's, it's a really long time coming. Let me let me pause like it. This. Is oh, it smart. That's right. A nice uh, it is
1: smart, it is vulnerable. That makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, you you will think with 31 year of experience, you know, we should be done by now. I mean, why <laughs> do we still worry about InfoSec <laughs> and cybersecurity? And maybe Are you actually science, Marco? <laughs> No, I'm actually wondering how different it is compared mm. with 30 years ago. I mean, if you could yep. use a few words to describe this difference, what would that be today?
3: Well, I always travel uh, with something to remind me of where I'm coming from, one of these. Ah. That's oh, God. Nice. love it. That's how Vintage. I started with the save
2: button, yes.
1: <laughs> now, do it they stop you at the iPod with that? Do they ask you what it is, like in costume at the airport? Are they? What the hell is this? Do they know?
3: The way I would explain it, it it's that it's the USB thumb drive of the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But seriously, of course, the world technologically has changed drastically. But the biggest change has been in the enemy, like like who we are fighting. Because it used to be just teenage boys writing viruses for fun. Yet the problems were very real already in the late 1980s, early 1990s when I started. But of course, it's much, much more serious today. And to summarize, like, like why, are, why aren't we ready? Why, why, why do we still fight these problems after decades? Um, it's because we have bad people. We will never run out of bad people. Um, and we should actually be proud of the development we've been able to do, and I know it's not easy to see, um, but I, I claim that security is doing now better. Cybersecurity, computer security, information security is doing now better than ever before. You can challenge me on that, but that's my claim.
2: Well, just uh, for everyone who wants to challenge you, just think about what would it, what it would be like if we didn't have all the all the good people doing the good work (laughs)
3: right yeah the technology we're using i mean compare the security of the computers we had a decade ago and and what we have today compare the security of these portable machines that we carry around us everywhere this is actually a very secure device and the, the best example i can give about that is that the price to hack this device this is an iphone the price to hack an iphone as we've all, all read from newspapers regarding the news on NSO and, and Pegasus, it costs you euros or $100,000 roughly to, to hack an iPhone. And that's a success story. That's a win. I mean, if, if it costs $100,000 to hack a device, that's a successful device, security-wise, compared to the price what it costs to hack a Windows laptop, it costs nothing. The price to hack an iPhone is, is $100,000. <laughs> So that is talk, a great talk,
1: point. I never thought of it that way. I mean, uh, like, it's not for everyone. You can buy a yeah, piece of I mean, software. Marco,
3: you're never going to be targeted. You're not that important. Nobody's going to pay $100,000 to have <laughs> your phone. I, I know. But, I'm but, 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 going to take off uh, the two The CEOs, factors. they get targeted, and that's a success story. Only the most important people get targeted because it's so expensive to target their devices.
1: See? You give me peace of mind. Thank you. <laughs> that's right.
3: Sorry. Right. Right. I don't right. know if it's a good
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so speaking of devices, um, I, I don't know if your book focuses only on devices or not, but give us a background on uh, what the book is about, mm. what it entails, maybe maybe an idea of why you bothered uh, taking the time and effort to write a book.
3: It's a compilation of things. The, the, the books that I like to read are books which have hard facts, statistics, opinions, and then right next to them, stories. And that's the way I wrote this book as well. The stories and anecdotes are from the three decades that i worked in this industry because I know that we like to listen to stories. We like to read stories. I like to read stories. So that's the way I wrote the book. But then it contains um, large opinions and facts about where we are going to regarding computer security, our privacy, smart devices, the reference the, the title is a reference to smart devices and IoT and how how that's going to be solved and then into heavy stuff, cyber war, nation state activity, exploit trade, and then I finished the book with some educated guesses about where we will be going not in the next years, but in the next decades, because it's much easier to forecast what's going to happen in 20 or 30 years from now than what's going to happen in the next five or 10 years.
2: Can you read us a story? <laughs> I can story. tell you a story. Tell me a story, maybe not read it. Um,
3: one of the stories I have in the book is about my neighbor. Um, he came to ask me a question because he was selling his boat. I live on, a, on, on, on an island in the Baltic Sea. So everybody has a boat. And my neighbor was selling his, and he got a great offer. Uh, somebody wanted to buy the boat from Switzerland. And we are in Helsinki, Finland. And he was curious, like, is this a scam? Like, what's the scam? So I had to explain it to him that, you know, it is a scam. But nobody's trying to steal your boat. He was worried that they, they're trying to, you know, somehow buy the boat and he's not going to get paid. Because that's not the scam they were pulling. I checked it. This was a advanced fee transportation scam where the idea is, that they will offer you a great price for the boat and they will even arrange a shipment company to ship the boats and then they will pay you through PayPal the price for the boat and the price for the shipment and then the shipment company will contact you and you pay the shipment company. And the whole scam is about stolen PayPal accounts. So when they pay you, that's going to get taken away from you by PayPal as they reverse the charges and then... The money you actually are going to lose is the payment you pay for the shipment company, which doesn't exist at all. So when you explain to people how the scams actually work, they're often surprised. Like my neighbor thought that they wanted to steal the boat. No, they just wanted to fool you with a fake shipment company where you end up paying the shipment and the money you were given to pay the shipment will be reversed. It's incredible. Incredible, and thirty years of
2: stories like that wrapped up in this yep. book. You're 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 there. I know you you have an event uh, with Dave DeWalt. You're you're participating in, and you have a book signing. Mm-hmm. Give us a little uh, view into what's going on.
3: Yeah, well, of course, everybody's waiting for the actual big Black Hats to start tomorrow. Besides, Las Vegas is on right now, um, off strip tomorrow morning. I'm waiting for Chris Krebs keynote. Uh, It's going to be really interesting to hear what he wants to say. Uh, He's been, you know, very much in the limelight ever since he was fired from the role at CISA by President Trump. Um, I'm sure we'll hear great opinions, but I'm not really sure what they will be about. Um, And then, of course, everybody's waiting for Thursday keynote as well, which is going to be Gin Zetter, one of the best journalists we have. And she will be speaking about the time before Stuxnet and time after Stuxnet, which, well... There's a long list of stories in my book about Stuxnet as well. I'm definitely looking forward to what, what Kim wants to say. And then um, I'm certain that many of the talks um, will touch upon what's happening in, regarding the war in Europe. There's multiple talks specifically about the topic. And then, of course, many of the um, more technical talks probably will touch upon the attacks we've actually seen related to the attacks in Ukraine. Over the last, what's it been now? Six months. Do Do you think, or have you
2: experienced yet, um, that we're talking enough about the cyber war? Part of what's going on there. Uh, Obviously, you mentioned the the talks, and we we know Mm -hmm. the talks as well. I'm just wondering. Uh, Let let
1: me Let me rephrase that, Sean. Yeah. Apart from the quantity, like, are we talking enough? My question would be: Are we talking about it in the right way? from the right perspective?
3: I'm not sure. Um, I think there's a big difference in how the war and the cyber war around it is in the media and in the discussions in Europe and in USA. There's definitely a big focus on these things in in the Nordic and in the Baltics. Uh, Listen, guys, I live three hours away from Russia. Both my grandfathers fought the Russians in the Second World War. Everything Russia does in Ukraine, everything the Russian patriotic hackers do in Europe, do in the Nordics, do in Finland, is very much in the biggest headlines you can imagine. In fact, just today, um, our parliament, the website for our parliament was taken down by a Russian hacker gang, which actually took credit for the attack on on Telegram four hours ago or so. So um, the discussion there, I think, is focusing on the very real things, which is what actually is happening and how, how these are pulled off and how, who controls these hacker gangs, who gives them the targets. Are they being rewarded for these attacks they do on behalf of their, of their country? Um, when I look at the discussion around USA, there's much more discussion about how much support should we be giving to, to Ukraine and, and what's happening with the gas prices and electricity prices and grain and, and how expensive all this is. And it, there seems to be a bit of a difference in how the discussion is going around.
2: yeah it's, uh, I guess it's interesting and uh, hopefully we'll get a sense of this over the week as well how many folks ended up traveling internationally to Las Vegas because I think mm. each each person from different regions uh, will have different perspectives like yourself right uh, being there so close to the border folks from Estonia I know have have their own perspective mm. and uh, different different countries throughout the region have different perspectives and what matters to them and the impact this has. So it'll be interesting to see how that all comes together. Um, there was a there was a message here, and I want to get maybe some of your thoughts on the future. But there was a message here from some somebody joining a uh, joining Slice, Mary Mary Haggie. She wanted to, wanted to know if you could give a B two B example. Give the the neighbor example with PayPal a story from mm-hmm. your
3: book. Do you have a B two B example you'd like? To sure. Share? One of the stories I tell in the book is about our pen testers. We, we have a pen testing unit, and they do a lot of um, online or, or virtual pen testing, but also physical pen testing, which means you can hire hire our, our guys to do a mix of well, guys and girls to do a mix of attacks. And I tell a story of Tom who was hired to do a uh, penetration test against the mainframe system belonging to a large European bank. and during the briefing meetings he asked what kind of attacks he's allowed to do and they told them that they told Tom, that you can do whatever attacks real criminals might actually do. Which means Tom then actually went through a whole row of attacks to gain access to credentials to these IBM mainframe systems. Unfortunately, he couldn't gain access to the system itself because it was only accessible on location. You couldn't access it remotely. He had to go into one particular physical building in a country in Europe. So then he faked himself to be... um, Someone else who actually needed access to the building, gained access to the building, escaped from his hosts, wandered around the building for a couple of hours. Um, and uh, unfortunately, after finishing his mission and, and, and gaining access to the mainframe, he was caught by his original host within the bank's premises who realized that, you know, this is a security breach. Like, why, why are you walking in here? You, you should have no access. To this part of the building the reason why he was there was that he wanted to find the mainframe like physically find the mainframe and take a selfie with the mainframe even though it was not required for the for the actual uh, <laughs> pen test so when he was being escorted out of the building he actually decided to confess and he told his host that you know what I'm not who you think I am I'm actually working for this company and, and I'm doing a pen test here and his host said okay ah uh-huh, that's interesting all right well in that case, have a nice day, and he left him right there and walked away. After which, Tom spent another two <laughs> hours in the building, found the mainframe, and took a selfie with the mainframe. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. Which that's part? Which part like, was the
1: social yeah. engineering? There was it the fact All that he wasn't <laughs> a pen tester or it was <laughs> a pentester? <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible.
3: Uh, it's, it's a good trick. Uh, like if you're a criminal and you get caught, tell them that you're a pentester. Exactly,
1: right. exactly. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I want to take advantage of you being here. And you mentioned Chris Crabb. We actually talked to him on the Chats of the Road uh, about his upcoming presentation. And I've him and other, there is a lot of looking back this year, I think maybe because it's the 25th year of Black Hat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so an opportunity to look back, learn from the past, to move into the future, at least this is what you would think human should do, right? Smart, mm-hmm. smart people, hackable people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your vision for that? Just in a, in a nutshell, uh, where you see it going, maybe even from a global perspective, you mentioned the war, you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. you know, we learn how, well, how whole connected we are. I think that's the, sure. one of the big lessons.
3: One phrase I find myself repeating a lot nowadays is that after all these years in information security and in computer security, We should understand that we are no longer securing computers. That's not our job. We are not securing computers. We are securing the society. We are not securing computers. We are securing the society because the whole society, everything around us runs on computers. And that's a pretty big responsibility to give to a bunch of geeks and nerds that we are, but that's the responsibility we have.
1: Great point.
2: Who are you calling a nerd? That's what I want to
3: know. <laughs> uh, I'm calling you a nerd, Sean. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Well, He's Miko, I mean, you. I am proud of that. Um, and a foodie. You can call me a foodie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to have this time with you. I know it's a busy week. Um, you're getting into it there. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to have you on and to share, share what you have planned and uh, some of the ideas that you have. Uh, congratulations on the book.
3: Oh, and I have to tell you something I'm really yes. proud about uh, now that I, I arrived to USA yesterday, my second trip to USA after the pandemic. Um, and the book came out last week. So last night it came to me. Hold on. Let me make a search. I went to Barnes & Noble website and I, I made a search for my own name. And of course, my book is listed there. But then I, I checked if it's available in nearby stores. And it is. <laughs> There's three Barnes and Nobles 10 miles, within 10 miles from me, which actually has this in the shelves. And that feels really weird to me, but I'm, uh, that also makes me proud. And, and, of course, it's in the shelves here in Black Hat. There's the Black Hat Bookstore, which has this book right now. If anybody's here at Black Hat and is watching, you can buy it from there. And the book signing, you mentioned, John, it's on Thursday at half past 12. So I'll be there to sign the books.
2: Half 12, 12.30 on uh, Thursday in the bookstore. Yep. And... Um, Miko, it's a pleasure. Glad you made it here safe and sound. Um, hope you have a great week catching up with friends and having those important discussions. Uh, I mean, your, your, your background and history is critical to, uh, to helping us move forward. So appreciate you and all that you do. Congrats on the book. Have a fabulous week. And uh, everybody who's watching here, thanks for for joining us live. We have many streams coming to you this week. Uh,
1: One is in eight minutes, so stay tuned. One is in eight
2: minutes, yes. We have have another one coming up. ITSPMagazine.com forward slash BHDC22 is where it's all happening. Miko, keep well.
1: Godspeed. John, Marco, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming by.